Welcome to Torah Simecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Rachel Baum, and today we will be studying Parshas Vayikra. Parshas Vayikra is the first Parsha in Sefer Vayikra, and it comes after the end of Sefer Shemos, during which in the last few Parshios, Hashem tells Moshe to tell the Jewish nation about all of the commandments, all of the details, all about the, all of the different nuances regarding the building of the Mishkan, the creation of the Big Day Kahuna, the priestly garments, the dedication of Aaron and his children as the Kohanim, and all of the commandments and details that went into the actual building of the Mishkan. And now in Sefer Vayikra, starting with Parshas Vayikra, Hashem tells Moshe to teach the Jewish nation, and most notably the Kohanim, about the actual service, the actual avoda that would take place with inside the Mishkan that they just built. And so therefore, the Sefer starts out and says, Vayikra el Moshe, vayedaber Hashem elov. And he called to Moshe, and God spoke to him. And Hashem tells Moshe, Adam ki yakrav michem karban la Hashem. A man, when he brings from you a carbon for Hashem, and the rest of the parsha goes on in detail about the certain specifics and halachos and mitzvos regarding the bringing of karbonos, regarding the bringing of the animal sacrifices that were brought on the Mizbeach in the Mishkan. And those details include which animals were allowed to be brought as karbonos, certain procedures that were involved in the bringing of sacrifices, including smicha, which is when the owner would, would rest his hands on the animal, including Kabbalah, which was the getting, the collecting of the blood that would come from the slaughtered animal, the idea of Zrika, which was the sprinkling of the blood on the Mizbeach, on the altar, along with many other procedures. And then the Parsha discusses different kinds of karbanos, including the Ola, which was a carbon that was completely burned, a Shlamim, which was a form of carbon Toda, a carbon in which we in, a person brought in order to thank God, the karbanos of chatos, olaviyoreit, and asham, which were all forms of sin offerings or guilt offerings brought when people, when a person did certain kinds of sins. And the parsha also discusses the idea of a mincha, which was a sacrifice made out of flour, sometimes including oil and water, which were brought at various for various reasons. Most, piece, most people bristle at the thought of learning Sefer Vayikra and Parshas Vayikra because really it's about a concept that we can't really understand or relate to on a very deeply, deep level. You know, as, as, as citizens of a Western society in year 2022, the idea of sacrificing animals and burning them on an altar as an effective tool of building a relationship with God is really something that's foreign to many of us. And if I can't understand it on a macro level, then I definitely can't appreciate the different halachal the nuances, the details that Parshas Vayikra and Sefer Vayikra go on to discuss. So what I hope to do during this podcast and future podcasts is really to dispel that myth a little bit and to look at the concept of karbanos in general and other mitzvos that are included in this Sefer to see how they really are nogea, they really are relevant to our everyday lives and how we really can relate to these parshios during this time of year. So let's discuss. Sefer Vayikra is also known as Torah's Kohanim, which makes sense, the teaching of the priests, since there are many laws in the Sefer regarding the priests themselves, the Kohanim and their service in the Mishkan, regarding Karbanos, regarding other forms of service, other avoda they did, regarding purity and impurity, regarding the Kohanim. And so even though there are many mitzvot, many commandments in the Sefer that pertain to all of the Jewish nation, since a bulk of the Sefer pertains specifically to Kohanim, Sefer Vayikra got the name also as Torah's Kohanim. 
There's a very interesting medrash in Shir Hashirim that says as follows. When Shlomo HaMelech describes the Shulamis, the beautiful woman that he uses as a mushal, as a parable to which to describe the relationship between God and the Jewish nation, the Pasuk says, Your stomach is like a heap of wheat and explains the Medrash that this is actually a compliment to the woman that just like the stomach is the center of a woman's body, there's the heart on top and there's the legs underneath. And the, that accentuates, that makes beautiful the center of the body. Similarly, says the Medrash in Shir Hashirim, Kach Torah's Kohanim. So too is Sefer Vayikra. Shnei Svarim Mikan, it has two books of Torah on one side, Bereshis and Shemos. Ushnei Svarim Mikan, and two books of Torah on the other side, Bamidbar and Devarim. Vitoras Kohanim Be'emtza. And Torah's Kohanim is in the middle. It is really the focal point, the centerpiece, Shir Hashirim, the Medrash and Shir Hashirim seems to be saying. And so the obvious question is why? Why is the Sefer, which discusses the idea of animal sacrifices, among other halachos regarding the avoda, the service done in the Mishkan, why is that considered special? Why is that the centerpiece, the focal point, the mantle of Torah that the Medrash explains it, that that's why it's the center, it's actually the middle of the five books of Chumash. And so in order to understand why this is the case, we're going to do in Parshas Vayikra is take a deeper look at the macro idea, at the general idea of what the animal sacrifices were all about. And hopefully in taking a deeper look at it, we'll understand why Torah's Kohanim, why Sefer Vayikra is really a very important Sefer indeed. So let's discuss. The Rambam famously explains the reason why God commanded us to bring animal sacrifices. The Rambam says that really it's not a lichatchila, it's not a preferable way to serve God. But since we were coming out of Egypt and we had lived among many idol worshippers who were youth and we were used to the idea of those people sacrificing animals in order to serve their gods, says Hashem, let them come and do it by me. Let them use that as an effective tool through which to connect with me, even though it is not the best way. Obviously, this is a very hard concept to understand, and there are many Rishonim, most notably, most famously, the Ramban, who vehemently disagree, and says the Ramban that no, on the opposite side, really, Karbanos sacrifices, animal sacrifices, is a preferable way. It is a Lechat way to serve God. But really, it's a chok. It's one of those mitzvahs that we cannot understand its very essence. We cannot understand the fundamental reason behind it. We do it because we are told to do it, yet still explains the Ramban. If we take a deeper look and we understand the depth and the symbolism up to the extent that we can, we can have a clearer understanding as to why Hashem commanded us to bring animal sacrifices. Explains the Ramban that, of course, the idea of a carbon without the proper kavana, without the proper intent in our minds and our hearts is really worthless. The idea of a carbon, he says, was to repent, was to do tshuva. A person does a sin, a person does a chet. Therefore, he understands that really God deserves, he is deserving to be killed by God, but Hashem out of his Chesed, out of the gracious, out of his graciousness, allows us to do tshuva and to bring an animal sacrifice in its stead, right? Like we know, the pasuk in Mishlei says, "Zevach Rashaim Toeva," that the carbonos of the wicked are really an abomination. God does not want a carbon of the wicked. A carbon without the without the proper kavana is really worthless. Like Yirmiya chastised the Jewish nation and said, "Olo sechem lo ratzon, your sacrifices are not accepting. Vizevchechem lo arvuli, and your carbonos are not pleasing to me. If you're going to just sac- slaughter animals and burn them on the altar without the proper kavana and without the proper ac- 
actions attached to it, then of course the animal sacrifice in and of itself is worthless. But like the Ramban explains, if we combine the kavana, our feelings and our thoughts, with the physical action of bringing this animal instead with the understanding that really it is us who deserves to die because of our sins, that is what makes a carbon powerful. Explains the Ramban that every single sin that a person does involves some sort of thought or desire, sometimes involves some sort of speech, and definitely involves some sort of action. Therefore, explains the Ramban, when a person brings a carbon, we burn the inner organs representing the thoughts and desires of the animal. We say vidway, we confess over the animal, representing any speech that was involved in our sin, and we burn certain outer organs of the animal as well, representing any action that was taken in accordance with the sin that we actually did. In fact, the animal that is slaughtered goes through the four forms of death that Basin can actually do to a person. It is put on the floor, which our sages describe is the form is the first step when a person was actually stoned to death. It is the first step of, of slaughtering it is strangulation, which is another form of death that Basin would do. It is then actually strangled and then it is burned burned, again representing the fact that when a person sins and brings a carbon as a form of chuva, he is acknowledging, he is understanding, he has in mind that really he himself deserves to die, but God allows him this outlet, this way out through the proper thoughts and through the proper feelings along with the physical action of bringing the sacrifice. So that is one fundamental idea when it comes to the idea of animal sacrifices, that it's all about doing sins, but also doing tshuva. It's the idea about acknowledging that we can mess up and we will mess up, but there is an active way that we can actually do tshuva, which includes the proper thoughts, the proper feelings, and the bringing of a carbon. Rav David Svi Hoffman, known as the Malamid Lahoil, explains a carbon in a little bit of a different way. He says, if you look at the history of carbonos, the first people to bring carbonos were, of course, Cain and Hevel. And they brought minachos, they brought gifts of what they owned as, think, as a form of thanking God. The Pasuk says that Cain brought mipri ha'adama, from the fruits of the ground. He brought some of his produce as a carbon mincha to Hashem. Whereas Hevel brought mipchoros tzono umichelvehen, from the, the, the first of his flock and from the choicest, from the best of them. So explains Rav David Tzvi Hafman, you already see the difference in the menachos that were brought. Cain simply brings that which is from his produce, whereas Hevel chooses the best. Cain was simply thanking God because he understood he needed God in order for him to continue having the proper produce, whereas Hevel was bringing the best of his flock, the choicest of his sheep, because he was actually sincerely thanking Hashem for everything that he had and acknowledging that everything he has is only due to God's graciousness. However, these are still just a form of giving of what one owns to God, explains Rav David Svi Hoffman, that the next person to bring a carbon was Noah. After Noah comes out of the teva and he realizes the great miracle that God had done for him and his family, that they, he saved them from the flood, the Pasuk describes that Noah brought carbonos. And the Pasuk says, Hashem God smelled the pleasant smell of Noah's carbonos. 
And because Noah had such, had such a magnitude of intent when he brought these karbanos, because he realized to such an extent how his very existence and the existence of the world and his family was really just because of God's graciousness, explains the Malbim that the mental level that Noah reached through the bringing of his karbanos was as if he actually sacrificed himself. So we have Cain and Hevel who gave of what they owned in order to thank God and acknowledge their subservience, their subjugation to him. You have Noah who actually reached the level mentally of having as if he sacrificed himself in his enormous gratitude to God for everything that Hashem had done for him. And then explains Rav Hoffman, you have Avram Avinu, who through the first and last of the 10 tests displayed not only giving of what he owns, not only mentally reaching a level of self-sacrifice, but actually physically and literally sacrificing himself. First in the fires of Orkazim, when he willingly threw himself into the furnace with Nimrod. And second of all, when he brought the, the last test, during Akedas Yitzchak, when he actually sacrificed something that was even more precious than his very life, and that was, of course, his one and only son, Yitzchak. And in doing so, he showed God how grateful and how, how he understood that his entire existence was only in the service of God by literally sacrificing either himself or that which was more precious to him. And so we see fundamental idea number two, that through the proper kavana, through the proper feelings and thinkings when a person brings a carbon, he can reach tremendous heights in understanding that everything that he has, including his very essence, is only here because of the goodness of God, and he is completely subjugated to God in this world. Rav Hirsch explains the concept of a carbon a little bit differently. And Rav Hirsch explains that when the owner placed his hands on the animal, when the owner would rest his hands on the animal, what he was really symbolizing is, is that he, as a neshama, has power over his guf. The owner himself, the kohen, the owner represents the spiritual part of our bodies, our souls. And the animal obviously represents the nefesh bahamis, the, the, the animalistic part, the physical part of ourselves. And when a person brought a carbon, either because he was bringing it as a form of thanking Hashem, or if he was bringing it as a form of repentance, of doing tshuva for a sin that he had did, what he was acknowledging was, is that as a human being, I can actually dominate my guf, my soul, my, my neshama can actually be in charge, have dominion over my body. And so that was the proper intent a person had to have when he actually brought a carbon. And so if we look at these three fundamental ideas, the idea of chet and tshuva, of sinning and repenting, that with the proper kavana, with the proper actions, a person can come closer to Hashem even after having sinned. The idea of hachna'a, of subjugating ourselves to God and thanking Hashem, hoda'a and toda, thanking and showing our gratitude for everything that we have, including our very existence. And the idea of the ability to rule over our guf, for our neshama to show dominion over our physical selves. These are really three fundamental ideas to what it means to be a Jew, to be an Evan Hashem, a person who lives in the service of Hashem. And that's why Torah's Kohanim is considered the focal point, the centerpiece of Torah, because it's through the service of these animal sacrifices that we brought on the altar. If we understand what Karbanos were on a deeper level, we can understand what it really means to be an Ebed Hashem, someone who dedicates his life in the service of Hashem. And that's why if you think about it, we have Bereshis, where the world was created, where the Jewish nation was created through the stories of the Avos. And then we have Shemos, 
which in which we went through the cleansing process of Golos, of exile, and the formation of Bnei Yisrael as a nation through Geula, through redemption. And after we came out as a nation, now in Sefer Vayikra, Hashem says, now that you are my Jewish nation, let me show you, let me teach you what it really means to serve me. And through the concept of Karbanos, God teaches us these three fundamental levels of Chet and Shuva, sinning and forgiveness, of thinking and subjugating ourselves, and for us to realize the ability for ourselves to rule over our body. And that's why Torah's Kohanim, like the Medrash and Shir Hashirim explains, is the center point. Now going forward, the Jewish nation can continue their sojourn in the desert, in Sfarim, it's Sefer, Devarim, and Bamidbar. And hopefully they can enter Eretz Yisrael ready for a service that is ripe in order to serve God. And it's with these thoughts in mind that we will hopefully glean other lessons as we go through the rest of Sefer Vayikra. Thank you for studying together with the OU Women's Initiative.